Welcome to Mindful Moments of Mars. Mindful Moments of Mars is the only mindfulness audio experience that features people falling off ships. Let's find out what happened to the person who fell off a ship yesterday. Into this fell the body of the warrior, and as a drowning man clutches at a straw, so the fellow clutched at the tangled cordage that caught him and arrested his fall. So this man disobeying orders and untying himself from the three-person deep uh, workers on the deck of the ship fell overboard, but then in this flying ship, it's like a wooden, I'm imagining it's a wooden ship. Maybe it's not made of wood, but why would it be made of wood? There's very few trees on Barsoom. Falls off this ship and gets tangled up in some ropes underneath it. It's flying through the sky. With the strength of desperation, he clung to the cordage, seeking frantically to entangle his legs and body in it. With each jerk of the ship, his handholds were all but torn loose, and though he knew that eventually they would be, and that he must be dashed to the ground beneath, yet he fought with the madness that is born of hopelessness for the pitiful second which but prolonged his agony. I don't think that sentence made sense. Let's give that another go. With each jerk of the ship, his handholds were all but torn loose, and though he knew that eventually they would be, and that he must be dashed to the ground beneath, yet he fought with the madness that is born of hopelessness for the pitiful second which but prolonged his agony. Oh, he was... Yes, okay. So he was desperate for that extra second of life, even though this very editorialising narrator is saying that, you know, there's no point just give up, dude. It was upon this site then that Gahan of Gathal looked over the edge of the careening deck of the Vanator as he sought to learn the fate of his warrior. Lashed to the gunwale, close at hand, a single landing leather that had not felled the tangled mass beneath whipped free from the ship's side, the hook snapping at its outer end. The jet of Gathal grasped the situation in a single glance. Below him, one of his people looked into the eyes of death with a capital D. To the Jed's hands lay the means for succor. What has, what has stopped me on my track is the death gets a capital D. Jed of Gathal gets a capital J, but Jed's hand gets a lowercase j, which I think is correct. So the Jed of Gathal is a title. The Jed of Gathal, like the Bishop of Orleans. I don't know why I picked that example, but the Jed's hand is just a hand that belongs to a Jed. And then death, I guess you just want to make it seem spooky, so you give it a capital D. There was no instant's hesitation except by me while reading this. Casting off his deck's lashings, he seized the landing leather and slipped over the ship's side. Swinging like a bob upon a mad pendulum, he swung far out and back again, turning and twisting 3,000 feet above the surface of Barsoom, and then, at last, the thing he had hoped for occurred. He was carried within reach of the cordage where the warrior still clung, though with rapidly diminishing strength. Catching one leg on a loop of the tangled strands, Gahan pulled himself close enough to seize another quite near to the fellow. Clinging precariously to this new hold, the Jed slowly drew in the landing leather, down which he had clambered until he could grasp the hook at its end. This he fastened to a ring in the warrior's harness, just before the man's weakened fingers slipped from their hold upon the cordage. 
temporarily at least, he had saved the life of his subject, and now he turned his attention toward ensuring his own safety. That's a good place to stop for today. What has that taught us about air, airborne craft safety? That's the lesson we'll look for today in this passage. If you're on an airplane, which is the earth equivalent of one of these Barsoomian ships, and so you, you're, you've got your seatbelt on, which is again the earth equivalent of the Barsoomian practice of tying yourself to your flying ship. And you notice that one of your fellow passengers takes off their seatbelt and then they fall outside of the airplane and get tangled in um, some extremely long licorice, like licorice uh, stringy thingies. I don't, I don't really like licorice, so I don't know the terminology that people use, but let's assume some passengers on board the plane have brought extremely long pieces of licorice, which are the earth equivalent of Barsoomian ropes. And so that you know, you know this man has gone out of the airplane and is tangled up in some licorice underneath it, and he's holding on tightly, but his his fingers are weakening. You could you could tell before you you were sitting next to him and you were looking at him the whole time and thinking, what weak fingers this man has. How will he ever hold on to anything in an important holding on to something situation? You, you could tell you could tell he was a weak, a weak grasper, just from the look of him, and the cut of his jib, and what to do. So what the Jed of Gathal would have you do is grab hold of another piece of licorice and jump out the window, then tie that piece of licorice to the guy who's in trouble and then deal with your own situation as a secondary concern. Now, I don't know a lot about airborne craft safety, but I do know that when the things drop from above, oh, I've got a funny story about this. Let me see how long this episode is. Okay, you know what? We're gonna park this discussion about safety. I'll, I'll pick it up another time. I was on a plane with recently and um, there was a father and a son um, the the son was let's say he was less than 10 and greater than five let's call him seven and that that's the precision with which I can estimate the ages of children that I don't inspect carefully <laughs> I, I, I wasn't inspecting any of these people I was reading a book and listening to them talking so I didn't, um, I didn't hold him up by his ankles and uh, jiggle him to see, um, I don't know, is that how you decide how old the child is? Certainly not. I don't think it is. I don't know why that came to me. As they were getting, uh, they were sitting there, I'm, I'm reading my book, and um, the son kept asking questions to the father. So what can you ask questions about as a child on a plane? There are very little a few things in front of you. What is in front of you is a brightly colored little cartoon drawing that shows people in various uh, scary situations. So things where the plane has encountered problems. So the boy was saying, uh, what's this for? And he's like, oh, well, that's if the stairs aren't working, 
then a big inflatable side will come out the side. And if the plane has to land in water, if there's a crash landing in water, then you can use that slide to slide down and go into the water. And the boy's like, oh, okay. And then he's pointing this, what's this for? And it's, oh, well, that's for um, the um, life vest that is uh, underneath your seat. And if we crash land in water, then we'll reach under our seats and take out the life vest and put it on. And that'll tell us how to put it on. And the boy then tries to reach under his seat. And his dad, his dad says, no, 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 no. You can't, can't take that out now. And the boy wanted to just have a look at it and make sure he was familiar with how it operated and such. And then he said, oh, what's, what's this for? Oh, well, that's a little trap door above your head. And if the, we lose oxygen, uh, you know how when you're on a plane, no, no, sorry. You know uh, the thing we watched about, about people climbing up mountains and how when they're up at the top of the mountain, they can't breathe very well. So if the, if the air went in the plane, it wouldn't be easy to breathe. So the, these little masks would come down from the, from the top and we'd put them on our mouths and we'd use those to breathe and they'd help us survive. And the boy reaches up and he's trying to have a look at the mask so he can get familiar with how it operates. And he's like, no, 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 you can't, you can't look at that. And then, you know, it reviews all of the safety procedures. Um, and like, and, and what kind of things? Oh, well, don't worry about that. Because, you know, usually uh, if there is a, a crash, it would only happen uh, when you're taken off or when you're landing. It would be very unusual to crash land in water. Uh, so going through all these things and just putting his mind at ease and giving him all the information he asked for. And then later on, so, you know, that all passes by. We have our, they, well, they have meals. I'm not going to eat a meal on a plane. I'm just going to read my book. I'm reading my book. And then we're approaching the airport of the destination. And the boy just starts asking a lot of questions about what will happen if the paint <laughs> plane crashes and he's like looking out the window he said oh the view's good now if we crash here what will happen and will will the thing come out and oh and it's wobbling a little bit is it, is it wobbling because we're going to crash many many questions about crashing and his father eventually said um why are you so obsessed with crashing you know what is this about crashing just don't worry about it don't think about it and just calm down so, you know, that was his um, solution to that problem. Meanwhile, I don't know why I was sitting in the middle of this family unit. But the mother of the child and the daughter were sitting on the other side. And the same thing played out on the other side, like kind of mirror image. I'm like the mirror. Um, but in, in the mirror of me, I reverse the, the genders of parent and child for some reason. I don't know why I do that. That's my role as the mirror on this plane. Um, and the little girl on the other side um, pointed at the, you know, the same thing, the little cartoon diagram of all the terrible things that can happen when you're on a plane. <laughs> she said, what's this? And her mother said, oh, that's just a yellow jacket that that person's wearing. And the little girl's like, okay and didn't ask any more questions and didn't ask a bunch of questions about crashing when they arrived at their destination. So that is my digression from the, the story of the Vanator. What does it teach us? It teaches us that being aware of dangers is a positive thing. 
good to know what threats threaten you. Um, but it's also good to understand that if you tell someone about all the threats that threaten them, they might think about those threats. I'm not saying don't tell them, but don't then be puzzled that they are thinking about those threats when you really gave them a very in-depth description of them and the various ways in which we were all in jeopardy from start to finish of the experience. And, and also, I par apparently we learned that I don't eat on planes. That's not entirely true. I think I brought my own sandwich. Let's take a breath. <laughs> 